find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Skin care and plastic surgery are hot topics these days. Let Dr. Rubenstein answer your questions and explain what you'll want to look for in aesthetic products and cosmetic procedures. Get ready for a discussion about all things aesthetic. Now, live from Miami, Florida, American Board Certified Plastic Surgeon, Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Hello, everybody. Welcome to New Reflections. We have a very special show today. This is a show that will hopefully help people learn the truth and make up their minds about what's been a very controversial subject in the world of aesthetics and, and aesthetic procedures. We're talking today about the lifestyle lift. Lifestyle lift is something that was developed in 2001 by Dr. David Kent and has grown to be a very large business with tens of thousands of procedures done over the last decade. Now, looking at statistics for facelifts overall, there were over 100,000 facelifts performed in the year 2010, according to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. A tremendous number of procedures are done outside those statistics as well, because those statistics speak about uh, board-certified plastic surgeons doing these procedures, uh, people that are certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery, the Lifestyle Lift has some board-certified plastic surgeons and other board-certified facial plastic surgeons, so some of the procedures are not included in their statistics, but it was developed in, in 2001 and has had a, a long history, I mean, about 10 years, a decade of history in the United States. They tout it as a revolutionary procedure, giving you great results with a short recovery time, and a lot of patients are looking for that, so people get charmed by this idea of something that sounds special and revolutionary and something that can promise giving them fantastic results in a procedure that has previously been marketed as being done in one hour. In fact, uh, they still say in most cases this procedure can be done in one hour. That sure sounds great. Now, it seems that the controversy started with a lot of unhappy patients posting things online. And I, in doing pre preparations for the show, uh, I've looked online and, and been able to find, without really too much difficulty, some of these patients, uh, a significant number of negative reviews online. Now, joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Cherie Wagner. Cherie, I know you were also looking online and doing some research on this procedure. Yeah, definitely. I looked and uh, I saw a lot of negative reviews on there. Well, you know, I think the important thing is that we get people a chance to tell their story. You're, you're not going to hear it from me. I, I'm going to make my mind up at the end of this show, and there there seems to be things that are questionable, but there certainly are happy patients out there. I mean, thousands of these procedures are done, and, and we're hearing from some of the patients 
will hear their story and, and everyone listening can make up your own mind. But there's been a bit of, of a turmoil surrounding Lifestyle Lift and here in the, in the media particularly. Now, a year or two ago, I don't have the exact date when this was done, but Stephanie Fisher of CBS News 46 in Atlanta did a long series on the Lifestyle Lift, a many-part series, and she mentioned a number of things. There are lots of things revealed in that, and you can go on YouTube and look up Lifestyle Lift, and you will find the series done by Ms. Fisher and CBS News. Now, when I talk about turmoil and controversy, CBS News, as well as Ms. Fisher personally, were sued by Lifestyle Lift for the work that they did on that piece, and they're not the only ones. They have uh, WebMD, I believe, was uh, sued, RealSelf.com, where some of uh, these two websites or both websites where reviews have been posted, they were sued. Both of those suits were dropped. Uh, Ageless Beauty was a website where the case was actually thrown out of court. In fact, when that happened, Lifestyle Lift had to pay the legal fees to Ageless Beauty for those uh, for, for the fees they incurred in defending themselves against the suit. And InfomercialScams.com was also sued. I'm not sure what happened in that uh, in that lawsuit, but I can tell you that they still continue to post uh, what they represent as true and, and in many cases negative reviews of the Lifestyle Lift. We're going to hear through the course, this is going to be a two-part episode. We're hearing from patients today. We're going to hear from a doctor who has stood up and stand it up to, to be counted against the Lifestyle Lift and trying to get the truth out and trying to clear up some of the confusion surrounding the marketing uh, information and some of the things that are posted about the Lifestyle Lift. And this is all about trying to get the truth out so everyone can make their own mind up. But you'll hear from previous employees. You're going to hear about things that I learned from past doctors working for Lifestyle Lift. The Attorney General of New York, uh, Mr. Cuomo, had taken an, done an investigation and taken action against Lifestyle Lift. And there's a, a pending investigation in the state of Florida by the Attorney General's office. Certainly a lot of turmoil within the world of Lifestyle Lift. But I want to get started on the show. Let's begin with hearing a story. I want to introduce to you BJ. BJ calls in. BJ had her first her, her procedure, I should say, in April of 2009. And she went to the offices with her daughter and her son, all of whom, all three of them, had the lifestyle lift. BJ, welcome to New Reflections. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Well, I, I want you to tell us briefly, when you went in for your consultation, tell us what the consultation was like. Why did you go? And what was your experience? All right. Well, uh, we saw, of course, saw all of the um, advertisement on TV, and it took a while for it to all sink in. And finally, one day, we just said, "Well, let's go and see what it's about." So we did. My daughter and I actually went into the consultation together, and uh, we had to sit in on a, a video that we had to watch for a minimum of forty-five minutes. So we were sitting in the little room uh, with the video playing, and then we seen somewhat the same type of thing we saw on TV, going through um, how great you were going to look and showing the pictures of how the women looked before and after, the men looked before and after. The procedure is very minimum. You come in an hour, you're out. Minimum bruising. Uh, just the whole thing that you see the advertisement on TV, which I know there's one on there now, on um, the East Coast. So uh, after that was over, the girl, which was not even the doctor, but the girl came in, and uh, she says, okay, do you have any questions? And we both said we were really concerned. Uh, we liked what we saw, 
so we're really concerned on how you're going to do this and what we really want. So she put us, she put um, my daughter up first in front of the mirror and pulled her neck back and all. And said, well, this is what you're going to look back, look like from the procedure, and did the same thing to me. And I, and I was a little concerned because I was older, and I said, well, I'm really, really concerned about this right underneath my chin here. I said, I want to get rid of that. I said, I had this done about 15 years ago or whatever, and it was all fine, but I said, I'm just a little concerned why this is coming back like this. And they said, well, that's because they did not do this muscle, and I can't recall the procedure that she called it. Maybe, uh, was was it possibly the platysma muscle? Yeah, something to do with the muscle. Uh Uh-huh. Well, the platysma muscle is the muscle that's in the neck that we talk about tightening. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. And so she said for another, it was either eight or nine hundred dollars, I don't remember, extra, we will take care of that for you and you won't have that problem. Well, that's interesting. Let me let me ask you something. When you were watching the video that you watched and the TV commercials and other things that you saw that led you to come to the office, did you think that the lifestyle lift procedure itself was going to take care of your neck? Yes, I did. And so you weren't expecting you weren't expecting them to to sell you an additional procedure to address your neck specifically. No, I, I really was not. No. But, okay. but since I since I specifically asked, this is what I'm really really concerned with. That's where I got, you know, hooked into doing the extra money for that. Okay. And, and so and, and, so then you you had your consultation with with this woman and she was wearing a white coat. Uh, that, yeah, she right? had a jacket on, but she was uh, she was just a consultation person. She really wasn't a doctor or a nurse, which we didn't know at the time, mm-hmm. but we later found out. And, uh, and now, did you, in fact, meet a doctor during your consultation? We did not meet a doctor, no. We did not. Okay. And, at what, and so she assured you that your neck was going to be made to look better. Is that right? That's absolutely correct. Yes. Okay. Sure and so... Based upon all of the information you were given up to that point, it seemed like something you wanted to do, and you went ahead and, and signed up to do it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, after watching that 45-minute video and hearing her tell us how great that was going to look, we thought, well, it must be true, you know. So, I mean, we never thought about us that we were sitting on a sales pitch. We just thought we were sitting in a, a doctor's office to get this procedure done, and so we really didn't think nothing much about it. So we did went ahead and signed up for it. Uh-huh. And uh, we, we were given a pres- prescriptions to have filled so we could take a pill before we came in and to take another one after we got there. Okay, so you already took, you took a medication as you're on your way, and then you took yeah. another medication when you arrived at the office. You've already taken a couple pills. Correct. Uh-huh, yeah. And do you think, what, what do you think the nature of those pills were? What, do you, what were they for? I, I, my understanding, I would think they were like a relaxant. Okay, so they were trying to help you relax and calm yeah. down and, and get set for the surgery. Okay. And yeah. and then, uh, now at this point, you haven't actually signed any papers or gotten prepared. You're just arriving to the office and you've taken a couple of pills. That's correct. That's right. No okay. papers, didn't read any papers, except the sign up to sign up with how much we were going to pay. You know, right. we, so, we said, okay, we want this done, and but we didn't sign any other papers, no. Okay, and so the the financial stuff was taken care of well in advance. But now, so now you arrive for your day of surgery, and tell us about what your surgery was like. All right. Well, that's when I we we went to the back room and sat in a chair, something similar to a dentist chair, and uh, that's when they gave me the, my other little pill that I was supposed to take. 
And then after that, she came and said, okay, let's go in here. we got to get some other papers work done, and then you're, you'll meet the doctor. So in there, I did meet the doctor and told him what, you know, what my concern was. And, again, he assured me that would be taken care of. And then, of course, he was he left. And um, she said, well, here, would you just have to okay all of this information here for us so that we can uh, go ahead and get your procedure started? And I said, all right, and I'm looking at it, and I said, well, what, what exactly is this? She said, it's just giving us the authority to uh, do this surgery on you. And I said, okay, what exactly does it say? And that's all she ever told me. So, not, you know, I really wasn't expecting anything. So I, I have to say it was pretty stupid of me. But I went ahead and initial here, initial here, and initial here, and I'll sign right here. And I went ahead and did that. The same time I was talking to her, and she was talking to me. Okay, just, so so basically, the first time you ever met your doctor was right uh-huh. before you were about to lay down on the table and and have this person do the procedure. Absolutely. Okay, and then when you, by the time you had signed your consents, you had already taken at least a couple of pills and and felt relaxed. Yeah. Okay, so then you had your procedure done, and what was what was the actual operation like? Did that go okay for you? Well, it was. Really strange, and he started giving me these shots, and then he asked me, he says, uh, are you on Medicare? I said, well, yes. He said, well, would you think about getting your eyes done? I said, well, no, I didn't really think about it. He says, well, you know, Medicare will pay for that. I said, oh, I didn't know that. And he says, well, let me check with the insurance. And I said, well, if it will pay for it, then yes, go ahead and do it, as long as I don't have to pay for it. So now, oh, the first discussion you ever had about having this procedure done was after you had taken these relaxing pills and after you started getting some injections. You're laying on a table about to begin this operation, and the uh-huh. doctor starts asking you about your eyes, and golly gee, wouldn't you like to have this done if your insurance will pay for it? And of course, I said, absolutely. Okay. So, wow. you know, you... you then, did they have you sign a separate consent for your eyes after they made that decision? I guess they went and checked your insurance and found out that, yes, it would cover it, and, and then they came back with a, did they give you a, con- a separate consent form for that? No. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you went ahead and you had your eyes and your face and then specifically your neck done, and how did things right. turn out? Right. Well, you know, I thought it was kind of funny because we were getting all these shots, and it was really, after that, I'm thinking in my mind, Oh, that's an awful lot of shots, you know. And then he's on one side of me. And I really never, ever saw him go on the other side. He always stayed just on one side. So then after that was done, I don't know how long it took, then we uh, hardly had recovery. We went into the, another room for recovery, which was about just a few minutes. And uh, then they just uh, left. And they wrapped me up and said, you know, check this, make sure you keep it wrapped up tight and, you know, come back if I forget the amount of time and get the stitches out. Mm-hmm. So um, okay. that's what I did. And now talk to us about results. Now, well, let me ask you a question before we get on to that. Right. The, do- the doctor, was the doctor in the room the whole time during the procedure, or, or did he have to leave for anything? As far as I can remember, he was in the room the whole time that okay. he was doing the procedure, but sometime I would go out asleep, you know, um, uh, some people, they stay awake, but for me, I, I was in and out of sleep and awake. So as far as I can remember, he was in the room the whole time. Okay. Uh, that All, right. Was in the All right, that's fine. 
And now, uh, so now you, you finish the procedure, you come back and tell us about your results. Uh, well, of course, I was swollen, which I expected. I mean, I don't expect to get surgery and not be swollen. But it was really, really sore and, and deadening under my ears, over my ears, everything. So uh, then I'm still wrapping this bandage around my head. And then I don't remember how many weeks after uh, when I took everything off and, and trying to live a normal life, my sides at my ears were still swollen. And, uh, but when I was looking under my chin, I thought, Wow, you know, this don't look like I had anything done here. And then I'm looking in the mirror and I said, my, I don't have any ears anymore. I said, my ears are stitched to my head. And, uh, then I, oh. <laughs> then I get a side. Now, now are I'm you looking. talking, are you talking about behind your ears or your earlobe? My earlobes. My earlobes are soaked in my ears. I don't have any earlobes oh anymore. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's, there's a, a deformity that we, we sometimes see it with, sort of technical errors in most cases where it's called a pixie ear deformity uh, where the earlobe is pulled and sewn directly onto the side of the cheek. It kind of looks uh -huh. like a pixie and that's why we call it pixie ear. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm so sorry that, that that turned out. So, you know, beyond the ear, uh, how else was everything else? Well, the scars are very evident right, right in front of my ears, all the way from my hairline, all the way down below my to my earlobe. There's scars that are very, very obvious, and they're very telltale. I mean, you can see them. So okay. to pull my hair up and wear it back or wear a hat, you know, people would be able to see my scars. And then my earlobes, of course, look funny since I don't have any. And uh, then, of course, the money that I paid to have my under my chin fixed looks the same as it did before I went in there. So this was even as soon as two weeks after surgery? Yeah. Well, but, you know, I gave it time before I really didn't complain. I thought, well, let, I have to give things time because I wasn't expecting this to turn out that way. I really sure, was not expecting it. All so right. And so ultimately, okay. ultimately you were unhappy. And, and did you go back? Yes, I did. I and, went back yeah. and I sat in front of the doctor and I said, you know, I said, uh, I was pretty calm, I thought. And I, I said, you know, I'm really not happy with this way this turned out. So he gets up and comes around here and looks, and I said, see, my ears are sewed here. And I said, you know, I still have, look under here. I said, I still have all this fat hanging here. He says, well, he said, you know, I can redo this, and I can maybe fix this ear. And and I said, no, I don't really think so. I mean, if this is messed up now, I'm not going to come back and get this done again. I think you should refund my money and let me go someplace else. Well, no, you're not going to get your money back. And he gets up, he says, I'll still redo it for you anytime. But he gets up out of his chair, and when he's walking out there, he says, you're not going to get your money back. And that was it. That was the end of that conversation. Oh, my gosh. So so really, there was, it didn't seem like there's a whole lot of empathy for your situation, other than to say, well, you know, I'll, I'll do it again for you. But they weren't interested in giving you any kind of refund. No. And you didn't, not. And you didn't want them to do their not. revision. Because you, you had lost faith. I did. And I was, like I said, I never expected this office to be this way because I I give uh, doctors or, or ethical, I, I, I thought. But in reality, after I had time to analyze everything, I was in a sales pitch. The whole time I'm in there, I'm being sold. It's, it's, they're telling me what I wanted and what I needed. Sure. But they sure. Didn't, so, couldn't do so, it. So you felt... You, you really felt pretty betrayed at this point. I did feel betrayed. I felt upset. I felt betrayed. 
I'd already spent $6,700 plus the $1,300 for my eyes, and, and I felt like I, my money, I just throwed it out the window. I thought, wait, the, I, eyes I thought were... the eyes were going to be covered. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. that's yeah, thought, what I'm saying. <laughs> I thought the eyes were covered by your insurance. Yes, they were. But that's what oh. I'm saying. So I didn't count that I paid the thirteen hundred. But what I'm saying, I paid sixty seven or sixty eight hundred plus right. the insurance paid the thirteen hundred. So you just but, felt like all the money spent on this was not it had not been worth it. Had nothing worked, no. Now you went with your daughter and then ultimately your son also had these procedures. Were they happy with their procedures? They were not happy. Actually, in reality, he should have never touched my son. He had he had one of these big turkey necks that's, that's hereditary, I guess. Mm-hmm. But he went ahead and did him anyway. And he came out looking bad, and then he said, I'll redo you. So my son did go back and have it redone, and this is six months later. Because right. he said, I'm going to go back and get it done. He says, because I really don't have the money to go do anything else. He said, I'm going to try. And he came back. He, he was more infected. He still had this big turkey neck. So he was really upset because he spent $8,000. Well, now, in your experience, they had three of you went in. All three of you were not happy with the results. And did anybody get their money back? Well, amazingly, we got our money back, but not because of their mistake on our face. It was because mistake, we all, I discovered it first. Mm -hmm. I was going through my information to send to the Attorney General, and I, I found my charge slip. And my charge slip was not signed by me. It was signed by somebody in their office. Uh-huh. Oh. So you actually never authorized the charge. They signed no. it for you. Correct. Interesting. And so that was the reason, ultimately, that they, you were able to get your refund. That's absolutely correct. And, and I had my other two, I had my son and my daughter check theirs and come to find out there was the same thing with them. So, now, this uh, is this I, is an incredible story, BJ. I got to tell you, you know, between you and your daughter and your son, it, it, you know, having one person that's unhappy. Well, everyone has unhappy patients. That's just the, the facts. But now, three three out of three of you have have complaints and significant ones, and ultimately couldn't get your money back. And now it sounds like the charge slip. I mean, what it sounds like you're telling us is the charge slip was forged. Yeah, it was. Oh, and you've gosh. told this story. I mean, this story is amazing. You've told this story a number of times in different parts of the media. You, you've talked with Fox News and, and uh, a paper in Fort Myers. Yeah. And, and did those stories ever come out? No. Uh, I, we had Channel uh, 20. Uh, I, I think it was NBC Radio. I forget which one it is. Channel 20, Fox News, came out with their camera ran and did a complete story with me and my daughter. Took pictures. We did a story, everything. And, oh, he was gung-ho. They were going to do the story and all this. But they did not because they were threatened by uh, lifestyle that they were going to be they were going to sue them. So they well, that seems, the there seems to be a pattern with lifestyle lift and defending themselves through lawsuits and using yeah. that as, as possibly using it as leverage to get people not to do a story. Um, yeah. Is that common? Is that common, Doctor Rubenstein, for them to for anybody to? Uh, say that they're going to sue somebody because they're going to come out with this story of what well, they you know people have for? have legal rights and they're welcome to pursue them however they will but you know as far as I understand if you're telling a, a truthful story and and offering your opinions about that story that that's not something that that can be sued for so you know yeah, they're entitled so. to their legal rights and, and I encourage anyone listening uh, to stand up for themselves and, and use the courts as they're intended to be 
But it sounds like this is, they were trying to do a, a truthful story. And a lot of times lawsuits are not worth the, the money and the effort and the time they have to put into it just to defend having done something properly. So it's a deterrent. And, and I guess in the case of Lifestyle Lift, I mean, they have a history. We talked about at the beginning of the show a number of websites and other resources that were sued. And in fact, later in the show, we're going to talk about with, with a doctor that I, I believe was sued by Lifestyle Lift. So we'll talk about that a little later. BJ, your story is incredible. Can you stay with us while we continue the show? I'm going to stay as long as I can, but I do have an obligation that I'm going to have to leave probably in about uh, 10, 10 minutes. Okay, well, if you'd like to, you're welcome to stay on the show. If, if you need to go, that's no problem. You, you, you can head out. I'm going to bypass all commercials at this point. We're not going to go to commercial. We're going to now introduce Crystal, who called in. And Crystal's also a patient that had her lifestyle lift done. Crystal, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, thanks for calling in. You know, we're hearing, we've just heard BJ's incredible story. I know you have some amazing things to talk about. And let's get right into it. When did you go for your consultation with Lifestyle Lift? Uh, 11-27-07. So it was in 2007, looking about four years ago. And what made you go for a consultation? Uh, because of all the advertising and... Are, are you mean physically why I went or? Yeah, well, what, well, first of all, what were you hoping to improve and then what led you to the lifestyle lift? Okay, my, my eyes. I was having, um, really serious problems driving. I had an overgrowth of the upper part of my eyelid and it was impairing my ability to drive. Mm -hmm. Um, so th initially that is why I went to lifestyle lift. <clears throat> So, so when I got there, you want okay. me to go on? Yeah, please, please continue. <laughs> um, when I got there, um, I was uh, greeted by a lady in a white doctor's jacket, um, and she said yes, that I definitely had a problem with my eyes and uh, did not mention that I had a medical condition called ptosis. Mm -hmm. um, which is an overgrowth of the upper eyelid, and it does impair driving ability. So um, she went on to tell me how badly I needed a lifestyle lift, and then she pointed out to me all these areas that, you know, I could really improve, like under my neck and um, the sides of my face, and she just took a mirror and, you know, put it in front of me and then stood behind me and pulled back on the sides of my skin and uh, see how much better you would look. And I thought about it, and I had recently come into some money. And I thought, well, you know, I never do anything good for myself, so I'll do this. And what did you understand the surgery was going to be like? Oh, uh, that it was non-invasive, um, that it would be very, you know, um, it was an, a very good alternative to a surgical facelift. It would only take about an hour and maybe a little bit longer because of my eyes were going to be done. And um, uh, it was, she compared it to going to the dentist. Huh. And okay. I can tell you, it's a far, far cry from going to any dentist I've ever been to. Well, let's talk about your experience. I know it was a, a very difficult one, having talked to you before. Um, when you arrived for your lifestyle lift, you know, BJ just told us how she took a couple pills uh, on her way, basically, prior to actually doing anything with the folks in the office. Was that your experience, too? Yes. As a matter of fact, the drug is called clonopin. Okay. So you took and, clonopin, and, and did you take, I think, was it just the one pill or two pills? Um, one the night before mm -hmm. and one the morning of. 
I see. Okay, so the morning of, you'd already taken it. And then when you arrived at the office, tell me what that experience was. Uh, well, I waited a very long time. My procedure, I believe, was supposed to be at 8. And I don't believe he even, I, I don't believe I even saw anyone until afternoon, 12 o'clock noon. Um, they had me go ahead and take my medication, I believe, right around noon. And after that, they had me sign papers. Hmm. Okay. And, yeah, you, know, you had already taken your clonopin, uh, which the, the generic name of clonopin is clonazepam. It's uh, benzodiazepine is the, the class of drugs. And these are uh, anti-anxiety medications that are used to help relax people and make them a little, also make you a little bit sleepy, too. It makes you a little bit goofy also. I don't believe you can make, uh, you know, informed decisions <clears throat> after having taken a drug like that. So you had taken a couple of those pills uh, prior to the surgery, and now here it comes. When did you sign your consent forms? Um, let's see. That's a funny thing. I have some that's dated 1230, some that's dated 117, and some that's dated 115. And then I actually have another paper signed by the doctor stating my surgery started at 1 o'clock. Uh-huh. <laughs> when do you think your surgery started? <laughs> I... You know what? If you held a gun to my head and said, okay, tell me exactly what time that started, I couldn't tell you. Well, yeah, I'll, of course, you were already medicated, so I, I yes, think it's probably was, unlikely. I, All right, and so you do remember some things, though, about your procedure. You got back and finally had the procedure done. You know, your consents were done after you'd taken medication, but then you finally did get back, and they started the operation. Tell us about your, your uh, experience during surgery. It was the, absolutely the most horrible thing I have ever been through, and that's the God's honest truth. I wouldn't more wish it on my worst enemy. Um, I was stabbed repeatedly with needles containing lidocaine and another medication, uh, Novocaine, and they were very painful. Um, they were not just like, you know, little, you know, stick it in. It was stick it in and jab it around you know, like three and four and five different places. Mm -hmm. And Ow. a bunch of times. Yeah, it was, not, it was not something you were expecting. No, this is not the non-invasive procedure that they had led me to believe that I was getting. If this is non-invasive, I don't know what they call invasive. But, <laughs> you know, I, at, no, at no time did they ever say, you will be cut. Okay, so I mean, you never, you didn't even think you were going to have a cut made. No, that's. I knew on my eyes I was going to have a small incision in the crease of my eyelid, supposedly, but they okay. missed the crease entirely. Okay, so uh, even the, you're not happy with the location, the incisions there. So now, after these numbing injections, it had to have gotten somewhat better because you know that's what they're for. They they make you numb and make you more comfortable. Did that work out for you? Uh, actually, no, because I could smell my skin burning, the sensation of being pulled, the, mm -hmm. you know, like pulling, the, the smell made me sick to my stomach. If I could have run, I would have. I, I would have ran for miles just to get away. But I was so frightened, um, and, and all they could do was pray for it to please be over. They said about an hour Maybe a little longer because of the eyes. I was in there over five hours. Oh, that oh must God. have been so tough. 
you know, five hours, that's a long time oh. when you're expecting just one. And now tell me, when did you first meet your doctor? The day of, like just right before. So you never really saw a doctor to give you advice or opinions before you signed up. You already signed up, you'd paid, showed up, yep. and, and, you know, here's your doctor for the day, like meeting your restaurant server. Exactly. Okay. No, All right. I did not meet him to the day up, but I did take the time to look him up, you know, in the um, medical directory to see if there was anything bad ever, you know, done about him in addition to you know what they said about him on lifestyle lift i looked looked him up on the physician's licensing board of course there was nothing bad there about him so um, you you did this before your surgery or after i did it before all right so you knew the name of your doctor but never had met the doctor correct okay and i, I got also you. did not know that he also has his own office in another location this well, and that, that's an important point, and I think we ought to point out, and BJ, I don't know if you knew this, but all the, you probably know this by now, all the doctors that work for Lifestyle Lift, to my understanding, are not employees of Lifestyle Lift. They're all independent contractors, as I understand, uh, and I, I, I believe that that's true, and we'll talk about that actually on our next show and uh, their recruitment of doctors and how the whole business works of Lifestyle Lift, but I believe that the vast majority are... Uh, are uh, independent contractors. A lot of them do have their own practices or what they call part-time. So so is it that they're going to an actual lifestyle lift facility? Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of confusing. It that, I, I mean, I'm just a little confused. I'm trying to understand where yeah. they're going to have these procedures done. It is confusing, and we're, we're going to talk about that on the next episode. You mentioned okay. this is going to be a two-part episode. We'll try and, and understand the structure of how this all works. Uh, but now continuing, so you, you, you had your procedure done. It was tremendously painful, and, and you you wanted to run, you say, out of the OR. But then you did stay, and you had the surgery done. Uh, what about your results? Uh, I knew from when I woke up the next morning that there was something horribly wrong. My ears were throbbing. I, I, I can't – it's like a giant toothache in your ears. Um, my face was swollen. I looked, had like basketball head. Um, my eyes were swollen shut. You know, for this to be a non-invasive procedure, this is not what I expected to wake up to. Sure. And I guess it, it sounds like if you had been prepared and knew that these things could happen, then you certainly could have made a better decision. And then if you chose to do it, at least you would have known this is what was going to be. If I so had you, have known that this doctor had another office 30 miles closer to my home, that would have been a big red light to me. So you probably, you, you might have gone just to see the doctor in the private office. Certainly. Why would I go to a lifestyle lift office if there, I mean, if he's 30 miles closer to my home? Sure. Okay. And now uh, we were talking with BJ about her charge slip issues where you know, when she paid, it turns out she wasn't the one that, that signed her charge slip. Did you try and get your money back? Yes, I did. And guess what? I just found out as of today that I did not sign my slip. I actually, what they gave me was a copy, but it did not have my signature on it. I had, um, I finally got a complete set of my charges and my signature is forged. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
another one. And now, when you went to ask for your money back, what what made you want your money back? What about? I mean, it's now been it's been many years since your results. How do you look today compared to then? Well, I had to have it redone. There was just the pain behind my ears was absolutely unrelenting. It was so bad that I could not sleep anywhere except for sitting up in a recliner. So I sat, sit, uh, slept sitting up in a recliner. Uh, I was very leery of all doctors. I had other consultations. Some of the doctors were like, you know, uh, we really can't help you. I finally found a good doctor, and he actually took like three hours on my initial consultation to really talk to me about what had happened to me and if I, he thought that he could help me, and if I decided to do it with him, he would be very gentle with me, that he had had other um, lifestyle lift redos done in his office, um, and that he would, you know, he thought he could help me, and he really did. Um, I mean, thank goodness you, you did get some relief and were able to go, but, you know, you... You mentioned you had come into a lot of money, and you had the means to be able to do that. Now, BJ, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Now, we were talking you know, earlier about your son. Your son felt like he had to go back because he didn't have any other choice. He didn't have money to go to another doctor to get things done differently. That's absolutely correct. That's, that's why he gave it another try. And, and Crystal, what if you I – mean, would you have gone back to Lifestyle Lift to the same no. doctor? No, never. Even if you didn't have the the money, no, I would not have. You know, and in fact, BJ, you you still have not had it redone, have you? No, I have not. No, no. Now, Crystal, I know BJ has been very vocal, and and I know you have too uh, been vocal. And that's in fact how how I came to discover your story is online, and mm -hmm. you had posted stuff online. I know both of you are active online. Now, Crystal, tell me, you in talking about lifestyle lift, feel like you were made a victim by uh, someone who was uh, bashing you, as you said to me off the air, online. Tell us about that. Uh, there was a person named Phineas Fogg who was unrelenting in bashing me online. And I finally, the TV46 in Atlanta finally did a story on Lifestyle Lift at their website and what I was able to do is I tricked him into writing me at my home address, my home email address. And when I did, I got his address. So I looked up his IP address, and it led straight back to Lifestyle List. I have a print out of it. I sent copies of it. Sounds crazy. To, um, I'm so, sorry? Well, yeah, Cherie uh, was just saying it sounds crazy. So now you uh, you went ahead and, and posted stuff, and this person by the name of Phineas Fogg, and I did see someone online by the name of Phineas Foggy. Uh, I don't know if it's the, the new incantation of the same person or someone separate, or maybe that's what it was originally, but you feel like whoever this Phineas Fogg was led right back to Lifestyle Lift. Oh, definitely led back to Lifestyle Lift. In fact, I've got a printout of it from Aaron's IP. Those are the people who give out the IP addresses and blocks of IP numbers. In other words, every time you send out an email, your IP address goes with it. I don't care if you hide it or not. Sure. Well, so, and then there's, there's even there's something even more incredible. Uh, you, you had your home broken into, did you not? Yes, I did. 
And was anything stolen? Did you lose any valuables? Couldn't find anything for about a week. And when I went to go for my lifestyle list packet, which was about two and a half years of research, was entirely gone, just disappeared. So, so yes. when you, you had a break-in that you know someone forcibly entered your home, went around yes. and everything of value was still there, you really couldn't see anything that might have been stolen. No, but we did place a police report because we didn't know, you sure. know, if we would run across something about you being gone. But the only thing that we've ever found to be missing from our home is my pack of papers. From and, it was and you have no, research. and there's no no backup copies of that. You you would have to just do all that research all over again. That is correct. And many of the websites that I had printed out have now disappeared. They're not online anymore. They've been removed by Lifestyle List. Um, I had printed out I just an enormous amount of information, and a lot of that information can no longer be found on the Internet. It's been removed. Unbelievable. Well, you know, we, we have to go straight now to our next patient, Joanne. Uh, Joanne, welcome to Lifestyle Live. Um, listen to me. <laughs> welcome to New Reflections. I'm Hi. Whoa, excited. come I'm on. Excited. Welcome <laughs> to the me. Lifestyle Live show. You know, I'm, I'm so Jeez. Excited. I know this already because we've already talked and I've done my research and, and I'm still amazed by the story. It, it's so uh, unbelievable. I'm listening to it and, and it, it, it. I'm it's so saddened right now. Yeah, it's very sad to me that these patients are going through this or have gone through this. Uh, it sure is. Well, Joanne, uh, let me yeah. just welcome you to, to New Reflections. Uh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to quickly go through your story, Joanne. You okay. had your surgery when? Uh, shall I just start? Yeah. Uh, you, when was your surgery? Oh, my surgery was in um, 2005. 2005. In Plymouth okay. Meeting, Pennsylvania. Okay. And uh, what was your understanding of the procedure before you had it? That I would have uh, three sutures behind my right ear, three sutures behind my left ear. So the whole procedure, you're going to have three stitches, and that would be it on each side? On each side, yeah. It sure doesn't and sound like, what, it doesn't sound possible to me as a surgeon. What was the actual, the actual end result? Was that how it turned out for you? No. I wound up with, I would say, a total of 60 to 70 sutures that completely circle my ear. They completely encircled my ear. Mm -hmm. And I basically left the office with um, a tube of Neosporin and an ice pack with no post-op instructions whatsoever. And oh when I goodness. came back uh, maybe a year later to say this did not heal at all the way I anticipated, I have terrible scarring. I think I talked to you about the hematoma I, hematomas I have on both sides of my neck from the blood that pulled in there. Left, like, oh, yeah, well, let's, let's mention that. So you had, you, the doctor said to me, uh, you should be happy. You got a, a full um, facelift for, uh, you know, $3,500. And my reply should have been, but I had no post-op instructions. No one said a word to me about what I should have done after the procedure. So you were just told left to your own devices. Yeah. Well, so it was certainly more than just the three stitches behind each ear. When you went for your consultation, did you meet the surgeon that was going to do the surgery? Uh, I had the consultation at a party, a lifestyle lift party. A party? A party. What? He came to uh, New Jersey, and um, the party was actually sponsored by someone that owned a fairly large antique store. And he came to that party, and there were a lot of women there. 
Mm-hmm. And it was hosted by someone he had done, I think, I don't know what he did to her, but it, whatever he did to her, he didn't do it to me. And I knew her just through her antique store. I don't really want to put her name on the air. Of and um, she said, oh, I had this great surgery, you know, lifestyle lift. They were great. It was wonderful. Look at me. I look, you know, 10 years younger. And I thought, wow, this is great. And I met him at a party. And he looked at me kind of like with a flashlight and said, she's a good candidate. And that's all, and that's all he said to me, really. With a flashlight. Uh, yeah, because it was a little dark in the antique store. Oh, it wasn't, you know, like really good overhead lights. Was this was this party a, a antique party, or was this party thrown by Lifestyle? Like, I'm confused. It was thrown by Lifestyle Lift. So, so this was, this was a, like an informational party, come learn about the Lifestyle oh, okay. Lift. And, yeah. And, uh, and you, so okay. you had your consultation. Did you decide to have the procedure right after that party? Uh, I think they scheduled me... Yeah, I think they scheduled me like four to six weeks later. But you committed at the party, or yeah, when did you I make committed it? at the party with a down payment. <laughs> hmm. They had, you know, they, you know, they said, you know, in order us for us to schedule you at this great price, you know, you're going to have to give us a down payment now. That's and amazing. So you you went ahead and offer. and put your down payment and then had the surgery, but you did see the doctor. Only the consultation was held by flashlight. In the middle yeah. of the party. Now, had you been drinking at the party? No, no. I think they were okay. serving wine and cheese and crackers, but no, I drove there, so I had nothing to drink. So at least you were responsible. You know, were there other people drinking that might have decided to have the procedure, do you recall? I don't think so. That They were keeping, like, the consultations fairly private, and okay. I don't recall, like, you know, how many people signed up that night. I, I don't, okay. I can't answer that. All right. Well, and so you had your procedure, and, and you were unhappy. Uh, and did you ask for your money back? Uh, no, I never asked for my money back. Oh, so we don't have those those issues with you. This is really no. pretty incredible, I have to say. Uh, well, I don't know if you have my pictures there. Well, you know, we do. After, I, I have. But... Oh, let me say this to the folks listening in: I have received pictures uh, from some of the patients, and we are going to make them available. So, if you're listening to the show. Uh, listen in to part two. At the beginning of the second episode, we're going to tell you where you can go. We'll give you a link that you can go to to see the photographs of some of the patients that have come on the show and see firsthand for yourself why they're complaining. Joanne, when uh, when you put the money down on this uh, procedure that you were going to have, how, did they give you a price that you're supposed to be saving or an original price and this is how much you'll save if you – I mean, how was that? I how think did the that, original price was like 5500 and if you booked at the party, you got like a like – a, I paid 3700 Okay. So I had – you know, the, the discount was like booked through the party. Okay. Just amazing. Interesting. But That's... I am, I will tell you that um, I am single. And after I had this procedure done and how long it took it to heal, when I went, would go out on dates and someone sits next to me, they would say, were you in a terrible car accident? It looks like you, you were burned. <gasps> oh. And it looks like, it looks like someone, yeah. like you had your am... ears surgically reattached. And I would I say, so no. Sorry. No. Oh. That's tar- I mean, it was horrible. It's still horrible. I still have it. I am so sorry. That That's horrible. I don't even know what to say when I'm listening to these stories. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, it bothers me more now than it did then, and I don't know why. I think because it's, it's uncomfortable around the area where the sutures were placed. It's still uncomfortable. It's tight, and it's partially numb, 
and it's just when I touch there, it's just it's just uncomfortable to me. Is there no matter there what I do, can... no makeup will camouflage this these huge hematomas. Okay. Yeah, so so you have this there's some staining in your skin from the hematoma. Now, you mentioned these hematomas. This is a blood collection. Can you tell me uh, when when did that first happen? When did you become aware of that? I noticed it. I, I would say a couple months into the healing, I, I, I thought, oh, what is, what, is, what is this brown stuff on my neck? Mm. You know, I, I can't tell you exactly when I noticed it, but I do have clear before pictures and real clear after pictures that it was not there before. When did you become aware that, that, that something went wrong after surgery? <sighs> to be honest with you, when I went back to work and my boss, I work in a dental office, and he took one look at me and he said, Joanne, that's never going to heal. It will not heal. And I said, yes, it will. And he says, I, will, I guarantee you, you're going to have scars for the rest of your life. And that's when it, I went like, uh-oh, you know. And all the time I thought that it would heal. Now, I went back to Lifestyle Rift and I complained about it. And this was in, um, I want to say it was as late as 2008. And I spoke to a physician there. And I have all this documented. I mean, I have all the paperwork. And he said, here's what happened. He said, did you lie down after your surgery? I said, yes. Here, we were trying to get Dr. Prendeville connected. I think maybe he had some difficulty, but he's going he's gonna to be calling in. It just might have been connections with the lines. But we'll have him reconnected, and we're going to have him join us. Uh, he dropped off, and, and he's going to be, I'm sure, calling back. So we'll, we'll have him call back in, in just a minute. Uh, you know, we mentioned at the top of the... Uh, at the top Hello? of the show, how this has been investigated by the Attorney General's office, both in New York and in Florida. In fact, it's under investigation in Florida. And I would urge anyone listening, if, if you're listening to this story and you feel like you're hearing your own story on the air, if you have your own uh, experience with Lifestyle Lift and want to get them, uh, uh, want to get, get your story heard, by the Florida Attorney General's Office, I would encourage you to contact them, and we're going to be talking more about that on part two. Right now, I'd like to introduce Dr. Uh, Stephen Prendeville, who has uh, been a, a great advocate for folks that have been uh, disappointed with their experience with the lifestyle lift. He's a board-certified otolaryngologist, and he's board-certified in facial plastic surgery. Dr. Prendeville, thank you for joining the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to have you on. I, and I, we were speaking with uh, some of the folks previously, we, uh, in fact, off the air, uh, I think it was Crystal, I think you were the one that was telling me that you felt like Dr. Prenneville was really a great advocate for, for you folks that are having a hard time after lifestyle lift. So, you know, you have, you have your fans out there, Dr. Prenneville. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, you know, I, I think one of our primary responsibilities uh, as physicians and as surgeons is to look after people. And uh, certainly, um, uh, you know, as as plastic surgeons and facial plastic surgeons, we want to utilize techniques and uh, basically newer things to help our patients, to improve our skills and things of that nature. So I was first, uh, my attention was first drawn toward lifestyle with several years ago. Uh, uh, several of my... Oh, my goodness, I think we're having that same issue. The Dr. Prenneville, you still with us? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Okay. Um, yeah, several of my, my colleagues drew my attention to uh, this phenomenon, and uh, I looked up the web, website. I sort of researched the marketing materials, 
And what it seemed to imply was that this was a superior procedure to traditional techniques uh, that was done without need for any anesthesia, essentially. Um, right. It was a revolutionary procedure. And then I began to see some patients who'd had the procedure done, and I quickly realized um, basically that there was nothing really um, that was a, a kind of a revolution in technique. And then I began to see some patients who were very unhappy with the procedure, and it felt that they'd been oversold and underdelivered. And I just feel it's my responsibility as a doctor uh, to let people know that this is not um, this is not uh, the product that it is marketed to be. Yeah, I think that's the big disappointment. I, I think uh, while we were having uh, while we we're having our discussion, I think Joanne had to uh, drop off the line. But BJ and Crystal, you're both here with us, right? Yes, BJ is still here. Okay, and we have both of you. So, uh, what Dr. Prenneville is talking about is. Clearly, your understanding of what you were going to have was very different from what you ultimately experienced. Is that correct? Uh, Crystal or, or Yes, definitely. Yeah, I yeah, think so you, definitely, I. So you definitely got more than you bargained for, I think. And, and Crystal, who, did, who, who actually did the consultation when you, when you initially came in? Was it, was it the surgeon or was it a sales representative? No, it was definitely a sales representative, but... She was so you were, you were evaluated like and you were told you were told uh, the procedure that you would need by a non-medically trained sales representative. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah, okay. I think that's the case for everyone that I talk to. And what I've learned is that these representatives wear a white jacket that says physician consultant on their jacket. I've been told that by some of the patients I've talked to. And one of them that remembered that line said, well, that was really misleading. It makes them feel like... Uh, that this might be a doctor or at least a nurse or someone medically trained that can give them advice, but it seems like they're committing to have a procedure without ever really understanding what the benefits and the, and the costs and the risks may be from someone who's trained to tell them that. Crystal, how did they introduce wow. you? When they introduced themselves to you, how did they introduce themselves? Um, she told me her name and that she was um, uh, the, a consultant. Consultant, that's correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, they use that term physician consultant, which I think can be very misleading. We're really running short on time. Dr. Preneville, please tell me, does this, the, the, the practices, as far as you understand, a lifestyle lift meet the standard of care? Um, I feel uh, what lifestyle lift represents, in my opinion, is the practice of corporate medicine, whereby you have hired uh, sales uh, people similar to somebody in a you know, car dealership or, let's say, a real estate office who are trained uh, to give you uh, a certain description of what's going to uh, happen and uh, make a, a medical decision effectively uh, for what's going to happen to you um, based on a product which is um, uh, not entirely truthful in its advertising. Yeah. Um, you know, as you know, you and I both... We've also had enough experience to understand that if you promise something... Uh, to a patient that you cannot deliver, you're not going to have a happy patient. And if you don't have a happy patient, you're going to have a very difficult year or two. And uh, uh, certainly uh, that's not what we want to see in our offices. I just don't think when a physician isn't directly involved in the actual management and care of his patient, and this patient is actually a corporate patient, um, I, I just think there, there are going to be some difficulties in, in, uh, in the outcomes. I think some people can be happy. But I think a lot of people are going to feel as if they were not, as if they were duped, essentially. 
Yeah, well, I think that's a big problem. Dr. Preneville, can I ask you to join us in part two briefly so we can continue this discussion? Uh, I, I'd be happy to. Great. I want to thank everyone, all of our patients, BJ, Crystal, Joanne, uh, Dr. Preneville, all of you for coming on the show. I think it's important that we just get the true stories out and let people make their own decision. Lifestyle Lift has had a, a long history, in fact, 10 years of history in this country, doing lots and lots of operations, and there's unfortunately a lot of people that feel that they didn't get what they signed up for. We're going to talk about that. Certainly there's some happy people, but the, the practices and the way things are done certainly raise an eyebrow, in my opinion. We're going to talk next week about the investigation of the Attorney General in Florida. We're going to have uh, information that I've got I'm going to share with you from doctors, surgeons that used to work with Lifestyle Lift and see what their opinion is from the inside. We're also going to have an ex-employee, one of these physician consultants, come on the show, and she's going to tell us about her experience and talk about the pressure that they're under and how much they have to sell. They're pushed, pushed, pushed to sell hard and to meet quotas to meet certain closing percentages. It really is, as Dr. Prenderville mentioned, corporate medicine, uh, perhaps at its worst. Uh, uh, at least that's the way it seems, according to the information that we've got. We'll be back next week with part two of Lifestyle Lift, a real lift or a letdown, here on New Reflections. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. We hope you stayed informed and entertained today on New Reflections. Please join your host, Dr. Adam Rubenstein, again next Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You can also email the doctor at info at dr-rubenstein.com. Or visit his website at www.dr-rubenstein.com. And don't forget to join us next Saturday for new reflections on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a beautiful weekend.